All right, here we go with Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Morning. Let's start with uh, the third wave, and if we're in a third wave of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that Dr. Bonnie Henry doesn't seem to be totally comfortable she doesn't with like that the, term. She doesn't like the analogy. Uh, thinks it's Why not? Not entirely clear, uh, but she does agree that the, the various indicators are all going up. So some yeah. of us say that's another wave. Is it a ripple? Is it a tsunami? Is it a wa- you know, How big is the wave? Is, is there another analogy? But she doesn't disagree with the fact that hospitalizations are now at their highest. Of, they've been in some time. The number of active cases is the highest since early January. Um, 16 people died over the weekend, which, again, yeah. was a higher count than we've seen uh, in recent weeks. So... Uh, we're at a point now where um, we're seeing numbers starting to uh, point towards what we saw in November and December when we had very high case counts. Our, our running uh, seven-day average is the highest it's been since uh, okay. December 20th. So, again, the numbers point to a wave, but she doesn't necessarily agree with that analogy. Okay, here's Bonnie Henry speaking yesterday about this third wave. Here she is. It's been a gradual increase. So I... I I, I've never been a f- fan of the wave analogy, um, but you know we we had a very high peak in our second wave prior to immunization being available, and now we're at a, a at a high level, a level that keeps me awake at night for sure. Um, at a point where we are trying to target uh, where transmission in our community is happening um, as best we can with with the vaccines that we have available. Okay, I'm not sure how important it is that she doesn't like this third wave terminology i mean she wasn't she didn't hesitate to call to label it a second wave yeah, in the fall yeah, so, and again I mean, it's not it's uh, it's not universal in in bc for example in vancouver island over here if there's a wave happening it's a, it really is a ripple we don't have a lot of covid-19 on vancouver island never have had since the beginning, uh, the interior are starting to flatten the numbers. Uh, the north is seeing a bit of an uptick, which is concerning. And a lot of that was associated with Prince Rupert. But where we're seeing the literal wave is in Fraser Health. Yeah. And to a lesser degree, Vancouver Coastal. And in that region, particularly Surrey. Surrey is the epicenter right now of the pandemic. There are more active cases and ongoing daily cases in Surrey more than anywhere, which is why the frontline healthcare workers, as I reported last week, in Surrey, are likely at the head of the queue for getting the AstraZeneca vaccine because whether it's food processing plants, whether it's manufacturing centers, or whether it's schools, people who work in those areas are going to get the vaccine first over areas such as Cranbrook or you know, the Peace River where there just isn't a lot of COVID comparatively to what we see in Surrey and to a lesser degree Abbotsford, Langley and some of the surrounding areas. Does that have the potential to trigger some kind of a regional backlash against the plan or does it just make sense that you should be vaccinating first where the cases are highest? I, I think it makes sense. I mean, over here yeah. in Vancouver Island, there's no need for to rush uh, frontline uh, healthcare or frontline workers to the head of the, the frontline workers might have a different opinion about that. Well, so what? I mean, you 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 go with what public science, what public health wants you to do, tells you to do. I mean, people might not like the fact they get the AstraZeneca vaccine. If you don't want it, you can wait to your age cohort. But again, this is yeah. going to be based on where the virus is. And people in Vancouver Island, by and large, agree there's not a lot of COVID over here. People on the island, I think, you compare what's going on in Fraser Valley and Surrey. Yeah, but everybody's anxious to get the get the vaccine, right? Like in Surrey, for example. 
gonna, you're not going to vaccinate 4.3 million people on the same day. Well, no, but how about Surrey? I mean, how many people live in Surrey? Should they should they focus on Surrey? Do you think, and like a general vaccine rollout? Well, it's interesting. We we focused on Prince Rupert, uh, which has 12,000 people. Now, is it really so? Vancouver Island Health. It's interesting. Has targeted 30 communities over here to get vaccinated all at once because yeah. they're hard to get to. Do you really want to do two trips, three trips into some of these remote areas? Surrey, though, I mean, it's an urban area, half a million people. How realistic is is to uh, vaccinate the entire population? On the other hand, how many frontline uh, workers are in Surrey? Probably quite a few, and I think they're going to get the jab first. Okay, is it all kind of an academic argument if we if we have sort of a just in time system for vaccine delivery? Because we were just talking off air about how. Uh, we almost ran, we're almost out of vaccine yeah. right now, are we not? Well, no, we, we were almost out unless we got a shipment yesterday. One came in at the 11th hour, Pfizer, 105,000 came in. Uh, but yesterday we were down to, after the uh, heavier than, than uh, estimated rollout of number of people getting vaccinated, uh, we were down to 12,000 Pfizer doses, 20,000 Moderna doses. We've been doing about 25,000 doses a day. So that's a day and a half's worth. We had yeah. about almost 60,000 AstraZeneca, which is in a parallel vaccination uh, rollout. It's not the same as the age base. So we're down to a day and a half's worth of, of vaccine. And I talked to health Is that typical, or do they have usually have more in, in well, stock? There's nothing typical. I mean, we're at the uh-huh. beginning of something we've never gone through before. So yeah. so what what is encouraging is the vaccines are arriving uh, more regularly, but we don't see them until they're actually here. So yesterday afternoon, 105,000 Pfizer came in. Uh, we're going to get some more Moderna this week. We're going to get even more Pfizer next week, more AstraZeneca. So I think we're out of the woods on that. But until you see the vaccines, you're not entirely sure. Is this a good example or, or an answer for people who say, why aren't we doing this faster? I mean, we've got a, a high caseload right now. You heard Dr. Bonnie Henry saying she's having trouble sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we vaccinating more people? Like, why aren't we running these clinics 24 hours a day? Why don't we hire more people to vaccinate? Why aren't we distributing vaccine in every single pharmacy around the province like the pharmacists have been asking because we don't, for? Because we don't have enough vaccines. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, but, you know, at the at, you know, at the end of the day, they, maybe they would like to do that, but you can only think, you can I, only have the, you can only inject the vaccine yeah. that you got. But I think you're right. I think we may we're targeted, we're aiming for exactly what you described to get more and more vaccinations. So right now we're twenty four thousand a day. The goal is to get to forty to forty five thousand a day. That will include pharmacies. That yeah. will include a lot more. We're, we're at 190 clinics right now. That will likely expand. The hours of operation may expand as we get literally hundreds of thousands of doses some of which have a limited shelf life. They have to be used up very quickly. The AstraZeneca right now, we've got, of our 68,000 doses that arrived two day, two weeks ago, uh, 41,000 have an expiry date of April 4th. So those 41,000 have to get in the arms of people before then, and that's why they're Those will on. be the targeted frontline workers frontline, get that one. Frontline workers uh, yeah. for AstraZeneca. Okay, let me ask you about uh, Aaron O'Toole, the federal conservative leader. It's been an interesting few days for him after his keynote at the uh, the conservative convention last week, and then he continues to make some news here. Now, here he is talking uh, this morning saying, calling on Justin Trudeau to present a plan to lift health care orders and COVID restrictions across the country. Here is Aaron O'Toole. Canada's conservatives are calling on the Liberals to table within 20 days a clear data-driven plan to support gradually, safely, and permanently lifting COVID-19 restrictions. What do you think of that? Like, he's saying that other countries have done, he's saying the Biden administration has tabled a plan like this, the UK has got a a plan to lift restrictions, but he's saying there's no federal plan. 
Well, this, I think this is a very calculated political gamble by Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives. They think, and, and they may be onto something here, that public opinion is shifting towards getting uh, rid of some restrictions. Even though the numbers are escalating in B.C., Alberta, and Ontario, even though the variants of concern, particularly the U.K. variant, the B117, is starting to really escalate in numbers, but I think the Conservatives are betting that public opinion, for them anyways, is on the side of lifting restrictions, uh, which is, again, a very interesting gambit, and we'll see where this is. Well, it would certainly appeal to a large segment of the Conservative Party mm -hmm. base uh, yep. that might would certainly support this, but I wonder, if we, we talked earlier this week, yesterday, about the challenge that Conservatives face in, in getting voters to, to come to them, especially in the large urban metro regions of, of Canada, like in Metro Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Mm -hmm. They need those votes, right, in, especially in the suburbs. And I wonder if the conservatives are detecting that people are fed up with the restrictions. And there's been a tough, there's been tougher lockdowns in other provinces oh, yeah. compared to British Columbia. Uh, oh, Manitoba, like, parts Ontario, of Ontario, Ontario yeah. too, right? So I mean, is he looking at this and saying, okay, this is where I can get some urban votes in, in Toronto? I think, as I say, I think it's a political gamble. Um, he's rolling the dice here. It may backfire, but it may come up roses for him. You never know. I, I mean, I do think in in Ontario, there seems to be from news coverage. An impatience with the restrictions uh, that the people want them to lift it. Now, as the weather improves and people are out there more often and you know sunnier uh, cl climbs and such, public attitude may switch towards exactly where Aaron O'Toole is talking about. I'm not sure. Uh, it's a bit of a gamble. We'll see where it goes. All right, welcome back. Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Your call is to him, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Dave in Nanaimo. Hey, Dave. Good morning, um, uh, Mike and Keith. How are you? No, we're good. Go ahead. Good. My question is, I'm 61. I have a compromised immune system. I have no spleen. Lots of people like me out there. When are we going to hear about um, an early vaccine for us people that are compromised? Thanks for the call. Yeah, so if you go to the center to the BC Center of uh, Center of Disease Control website and look at the COVID data and work your way through the immunization plan. And there is a list of underlying health conditions yeah. that qualify you for an early vaccine in the first two weeks of April. Um, so that's if you're in that list, that's you're going to get your shot early. It well, won't I know be based that your age. I know people who have had an organ transplant yeah, are, on, the on that list. I mean, if you've had a spleen removed, um, so I would check anybody out there. Check with your your yeah. your medical practitioner that you deal with. If you have an underlying health condition, you likely have a, a medical practitioner that you are in contact. with. I mean, with. it sounds like you should get it. And, you, you know, but that person will have the information. And that'll be in April, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah. when you don't have to wait for your age cohort. There's about 150 thousand people in that group. Uh, with a wide variety of underlying health conditions. Yeah, and, and those people really have got a great argument and yep. a case to make and for getting get the early. vaccine, and yep. they should start getting it in early April. Is that the early point? to mid April? Yeah, Cliff and Ladner. Hey, Cliff. Hi, Keith. Hi, Mike. How are hey. you today? Hi, Cliff. Good. Um, I'm calling about this thing about giving Surrey preferential vaccinations. I think that would be just a classic example of where do you look up in the dictionary. Uh, bad behavior getting rewarded. That's what it would be with Surrey. They go party all the time, have these huge gatherings for weddings or funerals, whatever, and then we get to reward them all for that? I don't think so. 
Well, the goal of the immunization uh, plan is to stop the transmission of the virus and to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible. So this is why we vaccinated homeless people. This is why we vaccinated people living in corrections facilities. People Be- working in chicken plants, you know. People who work it. and live in congregated areas where the virus can easily People spread. working in Whistler. It's exactly who live in crowded areas. It's in your interest to get people vaccinated in areas where there's high transmission. Because then it reduces the chance of you getting it. Exactly. Right. Whether, whether you, you know, want to look at it as rewarding bad behavior, fine. But at the end of the day, it's better if we can stamp out the virus in one area so it doesn't spread to where you I are. I mean, when a firefighter goes to a house, you put the you put the hose on the worst part of the fire, don't you? So, exactly. Yeah, okay. You don't ask where people have been partying. Okay, Dexter in New West. Hey, Dexter. Hello, yeah. So I kind of echo a little bit of what the previous caller was just saying as well. I kind of think of like, if you don't wear your mask, if you stay and you're going to these kind of events to be reward the stupidity. So you're you're saying like they shouldn't get the vaccine? I think they should get the vaccine, but I think we should be focusing on the first caller, the guy who's got a spleen, major issues, guys who are taking this this virus seriously, who actually do have problems. Well, they are... I do agree. Let's get the fire hose on the main problem, and, and then we will be in a better state. So I do I do like the answer that the guy gave. Okay, right. yeah. yeah. Well, we are going to um, prioritize those people with underlying health conditions. Well, and they should. Yeah, and it's about 150,000 uh, out of a total of 185,000. I think a bunch of them already have because they live in a long-term I mean, care. I've, been, I've been talking to the guy who runs the Down Syndrome Association mm-hmm. in British Columbia, man, and, and he, you talk to him, mm-hmm. he'll, he will convince you in just a few yep. minutes of why they should have priority access. And they very, very well. But again, it's in everyone's interest to get everyone as vaccinated as quickly as possible. And if it means targeting areas is geographically because that's where yeah. the virus is spreading it makes sense to protect you let's go to ed in south surrey hi ed hi are you aware that the fraser health is issuing two sets of guidelines for who's eligible for the COVID shot because i just had an argument with your your news person on sunday because she she she's put out a set of guidelines and i said well those guidelines aren't true because i'm i'm 75 and i got a shot i got booked on saturday and then she issues guidelines on Sunday about, you know, if you're born in uh, 43 and then 44, then 45. Mm-hmm. It says, I'm in, I'm in 70, I'm only 75, and I booked it on Saturday. And yeah. I told her, your, your guidelines aren't right. Yeah, no, I have heard about this, too. Earlier than that. Yeah, and this, was, this was addressed yesterday at the briefing with uh, Minister Dixon and Dr. Henry. There has been some confusion about people in the mid-70s. Could they, could they book on one day or the next day or the day after that? Not a lot of people, but Fraser Health and other health authorities have, have made the call. There's some flexibility here. If person A is 75 and their wife is 74 and they have mobility issues, does it make sense to get them both in at the same time? Uh, and that's what we're seeing right now with in limited numbers in the semi. This is not going to occur, I don't think, with the same rapidity or, or frequency as we see as we get younger and younger. But right now there's a bit of confusion. Okay, let's go to Bruce on the line calling from Nelson. Hiya, Bruce. Nope. It's, it's Bruce Nelson calling from Chase. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, just out of interest, um, I agree that they should be doing things regionally, as they have done in Toronto. You know, Toronto and Peel were shut down, and other regions around them were not. I, I agree with that. Now, another thing that came up, I, talk, I phoned and talked to Keith earlier, prior to the Bonnie Henry thing on Thursday, and I asked him about myself. Like the first caller you have, I am immunocompromised. I'm a oh, kidney yes, trap. Oh, yes, I remember our conversation. Yeah. Okay, what's your question? Because we've got 30 seconds left. Phase 3 says, is including 69 to 16-year-olds who are clinically extremely vulnerable. 
I'm I'm 75, so I'm not in that category. So on Saturday, I thought, what's going on here? So I phoned and managed to get an appointment for a vaccine on the 31st of this month. And okay. I asked about my, my, my wife also getting one because we're living together. And yes, we both got that. If okay, I good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Bruce, but we're just we're just out of time. I'm glad you're getting the vaccine, though. I'm, and I think he said his wife is getting the vac- the vaccine as well. So again, we're making in certain situations, people are okay. are going beyond the year on the website. Thanks, Keith. Talk to you tomorrow.